Did he see it coming? That is the question we will ask right now of Ben Cates. As we welcome you back into the Fast Lane, Ben Cates, local sports reporter, newsadvance.com with us here in the Fast Lane. Ben, many people expected corrections to be made from EC Glass getting shut out by Jefferson Forest 23 to nothing in their regular season matchup five and a half weeks ago. But did you see it coming that it would almost be the tables flip? Now, JF moved the ball, but they never stopped EC Glass en route to a seven-point loss in the second round of the VHSL state playoffs. So we pose the question, did you see that coming? No, I didn't, Ed. Thank you for having me today, by the way. Um, I expected a really good game last Friday night between Glass and JF, uh, much better than the first time. All signals pointed to that. And Glass really did seem confident uh, when I was there last week getting interviews. And so, uh, no, I didn't necessarily see it coming, um, but I, I expected a better game. Um, you know, I think what was a shock to everybody was the way that Glass won with getting um, stands at the end of the game in short yarded situations where that Jefferson Forest offensive line has really thrived this year. You know, on third down or when they need short yardage, some, some situations such as that, um, they've always been able to get it. And twice in that game, um, once at the goal line and once to effectively end the game, um, the glass defense really stood strong and um, forced uh, turnover on downs with one yard to gain. It's crazy to see what EC Glass and they, the offense were able to do. Bigger picture for that. How much did Jamar Lovelace assert himself? We knew he was a good coach. He really did wonders at William Fleming. But, uh, you know, it looked like they really struggled in the first game against Jefferson Forest, the EC Glass Hilltoppers did. But yet, he seemed to have a really well-executed game plan of the quick screens out to the wide receivers for EC Glass early against JF. And then once they got that going, they mixed in the running game. And as you alluded to earlier, they kept JF's defense off balance all night. Yeah, absolutely. Those those were the two big points for me also. You know, early in the game, Glass got out to the outside with some of the screen passes utilizing its speed. And there is a ton of speed um, when Glass is able to get out to the edge. And so, and then, um, you know, there were a couple of of deep passes that worked out well, a couple of mid-range kind of passes that worked. And um, and I think Jamar probably saw some things on film that he could exploit there from from Jefferson Forest defense, and then you know really threw the ball a lot in the first half, and then like you said, got that running game going in the second half, and it just was really it was a really effective you know two different looks to to a to a really good team. It's amazing, really, when you think about just what Jefferson Forest was able to do over the course of a five week run. Uh, flipping the script on a team like Jefferson Forest that had controlled the game through so much of it. Um, Additionally to that, how much was it a reflection of the fact that this is a Jefferson Forest team that took a big step forward, but they'd won a number of games where, you know, a little break here or there went JF's way, and uh, the referees by no means cost JF the game, and that would be taking away from the accomplishments of EC Glass, but it's more a lot of 50-50 situations that could pop up in a game. Uh, a lot of them went against Jefferson Forest in a spot where, you know, usually those things regress back to the mean, and maybe it did in a hard way for the Cavaliers. Sure. I think that, um, uh, you know, the goal line stand that that Glass made um, early in the third quarter, really, JF really thought that, um, JF, I'm sorry, JF personnel really thought that they had crossed the goal line there. Um, and that was kind of one play that, that was 
that was pointed to as, as a potential game changer. But, you know, JF was also a team that um, was was very good at doing what it needed to be done when it needed to be done this year. And that was probably one of the biggest facets to this team of, of improvement was just like, okay, this we need this in this situation, go get it. And they were able to get it. But, you know, kind of struggled a little bit the week before glass and then certainly had its struggles with glass um, Friday night. And so you kind of look at the past couple games, you're like, they're, they're not our best games. But, you know, it's progress for a team that really played well in the uh, regular season. And now the younger kids coming back will know what they need to do in the playoffs to keep that kind of those streaks going. Yeah, I mean, you certainly get that experience for a team uh, on both sides having played that particular playoff game. Before we look ahead for EC Glass football, they'll battle Salem this coming Friday. Uh, As Ben Cates of NewsAdvance.com is with us here in the Fast Lane, and he's at Ben Cates 8 to keep up with him on Twitter, much like we're at Fast Lane Ed Lane on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. For Jefferson Forest, they had a great season. They took a big step forward as a program despite the loss. How big of a year was this for JT Cruz to solidify himself in the minds of his team and the Jefferson Forest fans? I think it was huge. Um, You know, you can't really – JT Cruz really struggled his first year and kept his head up and, you know, probably had to convince a lot of people, um, you know, in in JF land – that he was the right guy for the job, and he turned out to be, um, and uh, really knowledgeable guy. And you know, once he got his schemes fit into the system, and the kids started buying into it, I mean, really good things happened to JF this year. It was really kind of refreshing to see several teams pop up in the top of the Seminole that hadn't been there before. You know, Rustburg included, and then you had mainstays like EC Glass, and so. Um, really good year in the, in the district, and I thought that JF really performed really well in district play. And, um, you know, once they got that ball rolling after a couple of uh, really interesting uh, non-district games, they really just, just performed really well in district play. So I think, you, you, you know, you have to realize if you're a JF fan, yeah, things didn't go our way this year, but, hey, you know, winning is a, is, is a lot better than what we went through the past couple years and sometimes you have to go through those tough years to win and uh and so i think jt cruz was it was the right guy for the job indeed he has proven himself well for jefferson forest they're a team that will lose quite a bit this season but they bring some pieces back and you don't know how the Seminole district will look next year that's a topic for a different time uh meanwhile EC Glass, they get the gift of, and you may call this sarcastic, of course, they get the gift of a trip to the Salem Spartans. And voila, you pull up the top rankings of the top prospects in the Commonwealth of Virginia. And in checking in at number two is Salem, Virginia linebacker Chris Cole. And at number four, Salem, Virginia running back Peyton Lewis. How big of an uphill climb is this for the Hilltoppers who aim to climb the hill? And they've got a big one coming up this coming Friday evening. It's a lot different uh, opponent. I'm not going to say it's a it's a uh, you know better opponent or anything like that, but it it is a different opponent. I mean, it's J- JF you know featured a lot of really blue collar players this year, which was something that was you know kind of refreshing to see there. But um, just a totally different team to prepare for this week when you talk about the speed that Salem has, the Division One athletes that they have. 
I mean, Peyton Lewis, you know, I've, I've seen him on the football field and the track. And, you know, watching him perform in, in track this past spring, I mean, the, the guy is just – he's really developed into a beast of a high school athlete. And, um, you know, he, he rushed for, I think, 100 – Almost 140 yards last week, last year against Glass in the playoff game that Glass upset Salem or beat Salem. But um, but you know I, he's going to be even more of a force this year because the kid has an extra year of you know really working and, and getting better under his belt, and so he is going to be a force alone for EC Glass to deal with. Um, and JF, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Salem really wants to avenge that loss i think for from glass last year getting knocked out of the playoffs and so but this is also a matchup where we have a ton of speed in um in, in on both teams and so i think it's going to be a track meet i think it's going to be really fun to watch yeah this should be a lot of fun if you like speed and athleticism ec glass and salem is the game that will jump out for you uh when you look at this coming friday's matchups in class four meanwhile shifting on down the board we've spent quite a bit of time looking back on the ec glass victory against jefferson forest and uh, ahead to their matchup against salem lca they dispatched rustburg 45 to 13 now they get ready to welcome a turner ashby team that beat heritage and then spotswood fairly soundly last week en route to uh the state quarterfinals this coming weekend over at liberty university how much does the business-like approach of lca in particular help them get through not just the thanksgiving weekend grind but also the fact this is a turner ashby team that may not be as explosive as lca but they've got their level of talent and athleticism as well yeah, you know, Turner Ashby, I think, is a team that can that can jump up and bite you if you're not careful. Um, LCA comes in as the much more talented team, but, you know, you still want to be playing your best and, and be on your grind and everything uh, this week if you're LCA. Um, I, th- I feel like Turner Ashby, though, is a team that um, maybe has not faced game in and game out the type of play – that is LCA has in the Seminole um, and, or that the Seminole district presents, you know, a Turner Ashby really kind of struggled for a while against heritage and a hair, a young heritage team. And it's the kind of thing where if heritage has maybe one or two more weapons out there, um, they come in and get the up the, the road win and, and, and upset, you know, a really good team. Um, and so they certainly had that ability. And so I think this, Turner Ashby team, while it is good, is probably going to find itself overmatched this week. Yeah, I mean, you bring up uh, that point, LCA and, and where they've gone and how they went last year and have gone to this year. That's one of the uh, developments that we look forward to as well as we chat with Ben Cates of NewsAdvance.com with us here in the fast lane. Ben, nobody left from the area in 2A. Gretna, they were upset at home against Glenver 38-34 and Appomattox uh, gave Radford a decent run for their money relative to how well Radford's played, but ultimately fell short. Um, if anybody told you that Alta Vista would be the lone team left in the Seminole District or in the Dogwood District heading into the state quarterfinals, would you have expected that to be the case? No, probably not. I think, uh, but Alta Vista is one team that I've had my eye on all year. You know, I've thought, I've thought LCA, JF, Gretna, and Alta Vista. That's kind of how I was thinking about it most of the year, as far as like the teams that we would have left in our coverage area. Um, I, I did, I didn't think Alta Vista would be the last one standing in the dogwood um, because I thought Gretna would be in the mix. But um, this is a this is a good Alta Vista team when it is on. It is it. it it seems to really connect. These guys have been playing with each other for a long time. 
and um, and they feel really comfortable together. Um, you know, that being said, when they aren't playing well, um, they can be as disjointed as anybody. Um, and so you they are playing well right now. Got a good road win last week, and um, you hope if you're an Altavista fan that um, that road kind of warrior mentality continues this week as well um, against a good Sussex Central team. Yeah, that's one of the goals for Alta Vista certainly is continuing that. They played well away from Alta Vista and Colonel Stadium, and they've certainly performed well up to this point, as has Ben Cates. And we're grateful for his time today here in the Fast Lane from NewsAdvance.com. Ben, shifting away from high school football over to college football, as you've also started covering the Liberty Flames more this year for NewsAdvance.com. We mentioned this yesterday. We used the phrase mature win of how Liberty handled UMass this past Saturday. Would you have a better description as you often do in your writing at newsadvance.com, or is that an accurate assessment? Say that one more time. I'm sorry. A mature win for Jefferson Forest, how they knocked off and dispatched UMass, excuse me, not JF, how Liberty knocked off and dispatched UMass this past Saturday. Yeah, you know, um, when you talk about business-like, you mentioned that earlier, um, Liberty has been very businesslike. I think the past couple weeks at home, um, you know, had struggled there for for a minute um, a few weeks ago with its defense, and seems like it's really fixed those mistakes um, in the past few week couple weeks, and um, and it, you know has that offense is clicking so well that it is kind of businesslike now, um, and you know having the chance to go undefeated, I've I've got a column running in, in our newspaper about it tomorrow and I'm not going to really give give away what I what I say in that column but uh, but there, there there's a reason beyond the um, you know prevailing notion of just playing a week schedule um, that Liberty is 11 and0 um, it's, it's it's not just that there, there, there's something else too there's something else going on there that's really good I think and I'll just leave it at that <laughs> you've got some nice juicy information coming to newsadvance.com. Ben, a pleasure to speak with you today in the Fast Lane. Thank you much for your time. We appreciate it as always. Thank you so much, Ed. I appreciate you. Ben Cates, newsadvance.com, with us here in the Fast Lane discussing the Liberty Flames and uh, how well they've performed up to this point in the season. Uh, That's the way we wrap things up with him. Uh, We'll get into that a little bit more tomorrow in the Fast Lane because Trey and I will make our picks, our votes of confidence a little bit early since we have no show Thursday or Friday because of the basketball action. Woo-woo! You excited about that? Two days off? Yeah. I'll take it. No offense. No, 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 no. I I can absolutely use the time to recharge my batteries, as you can already tell, Trey. It's more I just don't, you know... No, I don't see not seeing your face because that that's mean. But no, you know it's true. Oh, I get it. You want to? You don't want any more to deal with me than you absolutely have to. I mean, she'll I already, text me six thousand times during that. I, hey. I am sure I will listening to our games and being like, "Wait, why is this playing?" Oh, yeah, I told you to do that. Yep. Well, the good news is Eagles won last night. I'm rocking my Kelly Green pullover. I feel good. Yes, I'm not going to spring keeping receipts on you because I don't think we're quite there yet. Yeah, I haven't uh, but uh, tallied me, the scores since we had a Monday night game on there. Trey, I, I will just say congratulations on uh, picking Philly. I had Kansas City, and uh, at halftime I was looking pretty good, but they play 60-minute games, not 30-minute games. It was the reverse of the Super Bowl. It absolutely was. Um, so Philadelphia, they are now 9-1. and one. 
through 11 weeks of the NFL season. Meanwhile, we have a couple of minutes left here before we get to LaFonso Ellis, who's going to call momentarily here in the fast lane, Trey. Um, and we'll get to Virginia Tech and Virginia tomorrow in a little bit greater detail. But just one point that popped up quickly, and that is two different Virginia players after their win against Duke. I understand the emotion that came from Virginia. And so I will, to an extent, dismiss this. Are people overblowing the idea that Anthony Calandria, the quarterback, and Jonas Sanker, the defender for Virginia, both came out and said, when we beat Virginia Tech, not if we beat Virginia Tech? Lol. Why that? Because uh, they've they've only beaten, I mean, in Anthony Calandria's life, I think Virginia's beaten Virginia Tech once. Correct. I'm just saying. I mean, I may be tipping my hands for our votes of confidence tomorrow, but... He, the the line where it was they're going to beat a five win Virginia Tech and get nationally recognized after finishing that's the best part as a four win team was my favorite part because uh, they could beat Virginia Tech because it's just you know two mid teams but the fact that this win would spring them into national refer- relevance kind of made me chuckle because uh, newsflash it will not oh that's my favorite part as well Trey I mean that that is undoubtedly the best part. That somehow that's going to be the difference maker. That's like Georgia saying, oh, everyone thought we'd be 7-5 and five last year when they won the national championship and yeah. had, you know, studs and a Heisman finalistic quarterback. Travis Kelsey or whoever, no one believed in us. It's like, really? Nobody believed in you? Yeah, that's absolutely preposterous. What's not preposterous is the insight. Although you may think the performance from UVA was preposterous. That was smooth. So we'll discuss it next in the fast lane. LaFonso Ellis, college basketball analyst, for Fox Sports and FS1 was on the That's call. That's kind of weird to say. Saw the analyst. Yeah, I've had to check myself a couple times on that one. Do I mess up again? Find out next on the CBS Sports Radio Lynchburg app.